Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is Anthony Daniels, Democratic Minority Leader in the House of Representatives. Also, the V-Team takes a look at more trouble in Alabama's prison. And Senate candidate Linda Blanchard goes after Mo Brooks. The gloves come off. We're a team, that's what we are. You need me and I need you, and the paper needs both of us. Americans. Oh, all right, go ahead. Pow! Blanchard lands the blow. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist with APR. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys. Hey, Josh. How uh, things? Summertime, summertime, fun, fun, summertime. It's yeah, hot in my places. favorite time of year, baby. Favorite time <laughs> of year. All day weekend and everything. I know, I know. Uh, an interesting thing happened this week, Susan. Uh, Linda Blanchard, who's running for the U.S. Senate, uh, she uh, came out with an ad and mm -hmm. a press release that that showed where Mo Brooks has taken money, campaign contributions, mm -hmm. nearly two million dollars, from what she called woke corporations, mm -hmm. Microsoft. Coca-Cola, uh, I mean, you, N NBC Universal, which right. is the parent company of NBC. Correct. And, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal because we already knew he was taking money from right, right. people. But I think there are a lot of conservative Republicans that have no idea that Mo Brooks is on the trough, in the trough. Right. And, and, and you know, he's also denying these things, too. But it's right there. It's right there. I mean, it's important if you're going to say that, that you're you're for all these conservative values that you monitor who you take money from. Well, Josh, I mean, being a hypocrite is not a, uh, something new for Mo Brooks, is it? Oh, no, 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 it's it's not. It, I mean, you know, I, of course, uh, laugh at the, the whole woke capitalist nonsense yeah. that, uh, that the right has started here. And, and it, you know, a little bit of the idea of, of Mo Brooks being, being woke, uh, you know, uh, really what Mo Brooks is, is an opportunist. That's what he's been yeah. his entire life. That's right. Uh, you know, it's, he, he goes in and takes his government job and then preaches against government. He's have, never had anything other than a government paycheck, as far as I know, it, it, certainly not for the last 20 or so years. And so, in, and while he's been in Congress, he's done nothing. Uh, and so he'll take money from anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter to Mo Brooks. And that's what he's always been about. This is who he is. And that's yeah. who you're trying to elect is this guy who will do anything for himself. Right. Let's not forget, he was against Trump until he was in for him and then got mm -hmm. his, and begged for his endorsement. Right. Well, and I think, uh, I think that Ambassador Blanchard is totally right in bringing mm -hmm. this out. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, we've got a clip of, of Mo being on uh, radio denying this. Can we, can we look at that? So what is your response, though, to the specific allegation that you take money from corporations like Coke and Microsoft and so forth? Well, it didn't happen. Well, it didn't happen. Well, it didn't happen. But I've not received any campaign contributions directly or indirectly from, say, Coca-Cola. Mm. 
but federal records clearly show Moe taking contributions from woke corporation PACs like Coke and Microsoft that oppose Georgia's election integrity bill, and big tech and liberal media companies that oppose conservative values like Google and NBC. Moe took their money, too. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. I don't worry about the woke capital so much as the wake line. Mm -hmm. So much. I mean, really. I mean, these are financial <laughs> records from the federal government he filed, Josh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's 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 really it's really pretty stupid, which is yeah. to be expected. Uh, you know, I mean, to deny it. I mean, it's, listen. I mean, you can come out and say, well, a lot of people give to the campaign, and you know, I don't know exactly who gives what, where, you yeah. know, or whatever. But I mean, to come out and just say, ah, it's absolutely false. Well, it's so. Are you saying that you've committed a campaign finance violation here? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, exactly. by, by filing false reports. I don't understand. Well, I think that, that Ambassador Blanchard, you know, who was the ambassador to Slovenia, which was the home of Melania Trump, mm -hmm. Trump mm -hmm. ambassador, I think she has hit a nerve because his surrogates and everything are everywhere. And I applaud her for doing what most people are unwilling to do, and that is speak truth to power. Yeah, she pulled the veil off. Yeah. She absolutely pulled the veil off. She's catching flight for it, but I'm telling you, she's got some outstanding dirt there. Yeah. Really outstanding. Well, and uh, done well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, we're going to move on. I, we could talk about Mo Brooks forever because, you know, he's just a gift that keeps on giving. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that is very upsetting is that Alabama is near the bottom of the pile of states that are vaccinated. I mean, nationally, almost 60% of the eligible population, 12 years and older, are vaccinated, Josh. Alabama's like next to last. Is that surprising? I mean, is it? I mean, Thank you know, God it, for Mississippi. really. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's really. It's it's not surprising that we're not dead last is is a bit of a surprise. I mean, because we just the, the way we've handled this, uh, the way we've handled our our the way our legislature has handled this thing, the way they've preached about uh, you know and questioned the, this this virus and and the response to it and played it down continually, um, you know. At, and we've done very few programs. Uh, you look at look at states like Ohio that have you know implemented this lottery system, which people laughed at uh, when DeWine started this project up there. Uh, but it has been very very successful in turning people out uh, for this vaccine, and they're one of the highest uh, you know vaccinated states in the country now. It's just a oh, this is what happens when you have no effort to do things. I mean, you fail at things that you don't put the effort into. Well, Susan, I think if they would give season tickets. The Alabama it, or Auburn game. It's, absolutely. That's what I've been preaching for uh -huh. months. If you tie Alabama sports to getting you know, a lottery for getting your vaccine, they'll be lining up. Yeah, yeah. Right I think now, that... only 30% of the people in each, each county are vaccinated. But you start, you start giving those uh, seats out to ball games. I up. think we just have a lot of vaccine vaccination hesitation mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is political. I think some of it's just people are afraid. People have their own reasons, uh, but I think we have to do more to get more vaccinated. Right. I do want to cover something before we, we, we move on, and that is that the legislature passed a law that we cannot have vaccine passports mm -hmm. in Alabama, not like anybody was going to have one in Alabama. No one was suggesting one, but Josh, the whole law is so dang confusing, I don't even know if my vaccination card is allowed. 
It, well, yeah, your vaccination card under this law is illegal. It was illegal for them to give it to you. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it's another one of those, uh, I believe uh, Kyle Whitmire with com called it a, a badge, a merit badge for Republicans to pass these sort of stupid laws. And that's exactly what it is. It's it's red meat for, for a base to say that, well, you, you know, you're not going to have to show these passports. Well, you never were going to have to show a passport to begin with. And on top of that, now basically they've outlawed uh, a requiring... Uh, vaccinations for future things. Let's say smallpox shows back up sometime. You can't require it now for anybody. It's a, it's the most ridiculous thing. I mean, we we we've let politics interfere with health issues once again, but unfortunately, we're gonna have to leave it right there, Susan. Yep. All right. Surprising. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Anthony Daniels, the minority leader of the House of Representatives. Welcome, Representative Daniels. Thank you, Bill. It's always good being here. Well, it's always great to have you. We always get a, a different perspective. Uh, you, you see things through a lens that uh, of the minority and I wanted to start off with what we've been calling sort of a post-mortem of the uh, session and and give me your opinion on how this session went and what, as a minority, y'all were able to accomplish. Well, uh, I would tell you that, you know, despite all of the, uh, some of the, the blow up on some of the issues uh, that we may have seen the last few weeks of session, uh, we've had a pretty, we had a pretty decent se session. I think it was a pretty solid session. We we're able to see a number of uh, bipartisan pieces of legislation move through uh, both houses to the governor's desk. And there, of course, there are some things that did not make it uh, that we hope to to revisit uh, next year or in a special session. Uh, and so, all in all, we've had a pretty decent session. A lot of good things that um, that passed, and some things that you know we weren't. As, as, as proud about, um, but uh, those things passed, and I guess they they appeal to somebody. But you know, all in all, we had a pretty decent session. What are some of the bills that you felt uh, that came through bipartisan that you felt were most important? Well, you know, one of the uh, pieces of legislation 
that I think was a very solid piece of legislation um, was the um, legislation that dealt with uh, capital, uh, access to capital for rural and uh, minority-owned uh, businesses, um, sponsored by Representative Danny Garrett in the House. And so seeing that that piece of legislation is going to be very helpful uh, long term, especially in, in, in addressing uh, access to capital to a lot of our, our rural communities and also our, our minority uh, business owners as well, or those that are interested in business. Uh, I think the medical marijuana bill uh, is a solid piece of legislation. Uh, didn't go as far as that we had hoped it to go. Uh, it didn't expand as, as far as we had hoped it for. Um, but all in all, I think that uh, the, it was a good piece of legislation, the medical marijuana will provide opportunities for individuals to get in the business, but also expand uh, opportunities for our, our farmers within the state of Alabama to have uh, another source of revenue and opportunity, which is a very lucrative business. Uh, starting off the session, I think the tone was, was right in the beginning of the session when we dealt with the Jobs Act, uh, and we were able to add in some incentives uh, that really helped uh, bring attention and, and recruit and retain uh, minority-owned businesses. And so we were able to see uh, a large a percentage, a higher percentage um, for the incentives uh, for those particular minority um, businesses that will uh, either move to Alabama or also, also expand their, their uh, footprint within the state of Alabama. And so um, I think that those are three uh, major pieces of legislation. Of course, there have been some re reform uh, Representative England sponsored a bill that dealt with expungement. I think that that's a, a great first step. Um, but I think that all in all, we had a pretty decent session uh, and a number of other bills uh, that many of my colleagues have passed uh, throughout the session. And some bills that didn't, didn't even get an opportunity uh, for hearing, like the early voting bill and others uh, that we felt very strongly about. Um, I know one one major bill that didn't go anywhere was the constitutional amendment to allow the voters to decide on a lottery and gaming. I know that the Democrats worked very hard on that. I know there were Republicans that worked very hard on it. But in the final hours of the final two days, it just never happened. Do you think there's any hope to bring that back? And if so, how? I do. I think that there's ongoing conversations about some of the things that where we may felt that we were far apart on. Um, I don't think that there are many issues that we are far apart on um, relative to the gaming bill. Uh, I think that we, you know, there's continued conversations uh, about it um, on both sides of the aisle. Um, but, you know, we were very firm and very consistent as to where we were uh, during the last week of session and what, you know, what we felt were uh, really good things that, compromise on and so we stand we remain in the same posture and so our, our vision and what we feel necessary has not changed and so we just I think that the time did run out um, but you know all in all I think that there's some that simply put it that sometimes it's hard to eat a cake that you didn't have an opportunity to bake and I think that we're able to start having those conversations and, and, and talk about uh, some of the things that we felt strongly about um, during the final days, final hours of the session, that just did not have enough time for us to really uh, see it to fruition. One of the things, and, and, and this may be a loaded question, but do I don't sense the rancor between Democrats and Republicans when you're in the state house that we hear in the national press 
and that we hear on the national stage. There is an opportunity, at least from what I've seen, to talk and to get things done. Is that your experience? It is. I think that Alabama is very different than, than Washington. Uh, though we have our moments because of a lot of the national politics, where there are obvious issues that we're going to be uh, far apart on uh, and that we feel that, that you know, we, we feel strongly about um, and, and it is all about how we arrive at that, po at that point. And so you're right, we, we do try to talk things out um, and, and we do, you know, have debate um, on the floor about um, a lot of these pieces of legislation. Um, but there, you know, we don't allow, uh, you know, bad things to get in the way of good policy when we need to make decisions on behalf of the citizens of Alabama. But those things that we feel strongly about, um, we kind of put a stake in the ground and, and, and we, we remain true to the values of our own uh, perspective, uh, party, and beliefs. Well, I, I'm, I'm a person who believes that a good uh, two-party system works best. You know, nobody gets everything they want. Everybody gets a little bit of something, and we move the state forward. we got about 30 seconds. Uh, anything else on your mind today? I'm sure there's a lot, but anything else we can talk about? Well, I think that, you know, with the pandemic, um, I think that we are uh, certainly um, waiting for the, the uh, results of the, the rescue plan. Um, we're going to talk. I uh, certainly want to make certain that all the citizens out there um, in the local government uh, pay attention to the rescue plan and figuring out how uh, their communities can take advantage of this uh, wonderful piece of uh, legislation that's been sent, you know, that's being sent down from the uh, Biden administration. And so I think that we got a um, community with the small businesses or schools or, or nonprofits and others, uh, we got to figure out how we take advantage of uh, policies that are being sent down and making certain that we're spending them and and being uh, being very uh, direct in our spending and, and making certain that we're spending on the things that that uh, our citizens need in the state of Alabama. That's going to continue to move our economy, uh, close our education uh, gap, and move toward innovation. Well, I know you. You'll keep an eye on it. We want to thank you for your leadership and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's always good talking to you, Bill. Our guest today has been Anthony Daniels, Democratic Minority Leader of the House of Representatives. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation.
Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the special election over in District 73, a predominantly Republican district, mm -hmm. where only uh, 2,888 people voted. The primary there is tantamount to the election that the individual who won that, won that race will be, uh, in all likelihood, the next representative from that area. <clears throat> then we had a similar event happen, Josh, right here in uh, District 78, a Democratic mm -hmm. stronghold, where only 1,551, I mean, 1,150, what is it, 1,151 people 1151. showed up to vote. Now, that's going to a runoff because uh, it got a little tight there at the end. But how is this representative government when we have such a small minority showing up to vote? Yeah, and that's that's you know gerrymandering uh, of this, and this is about, and listen, it, this you know we we complained about it being on the Republican side, the same way on the Democratic side here. Uh, you know, it's just because uh, that was a, a Democratic stronghold, one of the few in the in the state uh, for the House, and and it's uh, it's the same way. I, you know, I'm I'm not suggesting that it, you know no matter how you shape this this district that it it's going to be uh, not a Democratic stronghold, but at the same time. You see what has happened here. Everybody knows that the Democrat is going to win this, uh, you know, and so it, it tamps down expectation and it, and it pushes people uh, to not go and vote and not exercise their right for this thing because you've so stacked in Democrats and Republicans into these districts that it, it, you've made it essentially impossible for anybody else to win these things. And it just when that's the case, I mean, do you care about a blowout football game? No. And nobody watches that. It's the same way with these races. Nobody's watching a blowout. Well, Susan, the thing to me is, and I guess this is how we 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 were raised, or maybe it's just how we've developed. But I I, I would feel guilty if I didn't show up to vote. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you. It seems to me that as an American citizen, as an uh, uh, Alabamian, we have we have not only a right to vote but an obligation. I mean, how, how do we address this? How do we get people? to do more. I don't know. I was so proud the day I was eligible to go register to vote. That was one of the high, you know, highlights of my teen years, was being able to go, you know, reach the age to be able to go register to vote. I'm not sure how we motivate people. Um, it, it, it's been a problem for a very long time and seems mm -hmm. to be getting worse. I well, I, let me let me say, I, yeah. I think one thing about that, though, is that you feel as though you're having a voice in, in your representative government. And, and I think that that's what's being removed by this is, uh, is the idea that these people have a voice in, in things. You know, a, a Republican in that district doesn't feel like they have a, a voice in this, really. Uh, a Democrat in the, in the other district that we talked about, they don't feel like they have a voice in that. And so those people uh, stay home uh, because they don't feel like that government is representative of them. And I think that's a big problem throughout this state and around the country. It really is. And what we're getting to is that we have a minority majority representation mm -hmm. throughout mm -hmm. the country in a lot of places and in, in the nation in general. Yes. And in Alabama, uh, you know, you know, Democrats are going to get 40 percent or something like that. Republicans are going to get 60 percent in a national election. But they stand no chance of defending mm -hmm. a district or running in a district. You know, you, you could put a Republican down in District 78. They're not being competitive. Same thing up in mm -hmm. 73. And that's the thing. We, we should have competitive races where you don't know the outcome, where it, right. it should and, and be. If it, if, and if Democrats represent, are 40 percent of the population of this state, and, and we see it in election after election that they are, well, then that should be represented in, represented in our government as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not. It's and, not. And, and that's what, 
you know, and, and a super majority doesn't do anybody any good. When you no, remove no. debate and compromise from things, it doesn't do anybody any good, and it doesn't matter what side it's on. Well, and I, I think that's the thing, and, and we're not going gerrymandering among Democrats and Republicans. Our thing, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the states are doing away with it and giving it a commission are actually trying to stand up for democracy. And I think that's not going to happen here. You don't think? I don't no, think so. Won't stand up. No, we're not standing up for democracy. I mean, no, we're standing up for power. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, brute strength. Hey, let's move on here. Uh, just a horrible, horrible uh, report uh, that, that uh, Eddie Burkhalter did over the Alabama Political Reporter. An incarcerated man, Susan, mm-hmm. was for six months, I mean, six months before he was to be released, became so ill, he lost control of his bladder, mm-hmm. his, his other or other function, bodily functions, mm-hmm. and he five times asked to be able to be, go to the hospital. He now sits in, in UAB paralyzed, and they say, or life. That's right. where the lawsuit alleges. He de- developed transverse myelitis, which is a neurological disorder and can cause inflammation in both sides and, and one section of the spinal cord. But they let that progress without, you know, checking to see, you know, basically, from what I understand, gave him an aspirin and told him to go away. Uh, and now the man is paralyzed for life and has lost all uh, bodily fluid, co- you know, control. Uh, Josh, this is just indicative of the lack of care when inside. Alabama's penal system, and it mm-hmm. should not be this way. This man asked for help, asked for help, asked for help. They did nothing. Yeah, and, and you know, it, and the real shame of it is, is that he's probably lucky. Uh, he's a lot luckier than some others because he's still alive. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the reality of our prison system. This is the cruelty with which we have allowed our, our prison system to devolve into. Um, and, you know, the DOJ report, which started, you know, under the Trump administration, uh, it was the Trump administration, DOJ, that, uh, that issued this report about our prisons to begin with. And, uh, you know, to, to read through that and, and to understand the cruelty, the indifference, uh, the illegalities that take place every single day at the hands of the people who were supposed to be in charge of these prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I just can't. I don't know what has to change, and I don't know how many more times we need to say it or how many more reports we need to have of this stuff before somebody does something. Uh, these are humans. I mean, yeah. we, we talk all the time in this state about the sanctity of life, and we don't give a damn about these people. You know, look, you look at what's happened here. We don't care. He only had six months more to go in prison. Yeah. And now he's, he's paralyzed for life. He's paralyzed for life. And the thing is, when you go to prison, we take away your freedom. We yes. are not supposed to take away your life or your humanity. They, we should not do that. But we're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.